So next topic is literature in the age of Milton. The traditional way for literary history in the first half of the 17th century has been in terms of the influence of Spencer, Dunn and Johnson. The school of Spencer is represented by poets like Drayton. They are marked by sensuous imagery, smooth meter, archaic diction and fondness for narrative and pastoral modes of expression and allegorical and moral tendencies found in the early poems of Milton also. So Dunn's followers were the metaphysical school which deserved detailed consideration. The followers of Ben Johnson were called Sons of Ben because they admired and imitated Dunn's metrical polish, lyric charm and classism. They were now known as Cavalier Poets and included Herrick, Carew, Suckling and Lovelace. In their lyrics, they cultivated a tight and chiseled form, short lines, precise diction and logical structure. Love was the favorite theme. Lovelace followed Petrarchanism, Suckling was cynical, Carew showed pagan sensuality in the treatment of love. So the greater successors of Dunn were Herbert, Crashew, Vaughan and Marvel. Realism, introspection and irony were their dominant features. These articulated their qualities more in religious than amorous context. A great deal of metaphysical poetry is devotional, some of it is mystical. So it was Johnson who established the term metaphysical to their poets. He described the basis of metaphysical imagery as a kind of discordia conquers through which quote, the most heterogeneous ideas are yoked by violence together. Herbert wrote only religious poetry. His one volume, The Temple, was described by him as containing quote, a picture of the many spiritual conflicts that have passed between God and my soul. One follows Herbert but is more mystical. Marvel is the finest of the metaphysical. He mingles the classical polish of Johnson with the wit of Dunn. In him, we see a tough resemblance beneath the slight lyric grace. His poem, To His Coy Mistress, is the finest Carpedium poem in English. His oration ode on Cromwell is equally the subtlest political poem. The next poem, The Garden, sums up pastoral tradition in its polished couplets. John Milton from 1608 to 74, the mid-17th century is dominated by Milton, whose poetic career falls into two halves. His early poems collected in 1645 include Le Eligro and Il Panzeroso, academic exercise on the contrasting themes of mirth and melancholy. Lizinus was a pastoral elegy which is both deeply personal and deeply traditional. The longest work in the volume was Commerce, a mask. Its theme is temptation and the magical power of chastity. Commerce, the tempter, foreshadows Satan of Paradise Lost. When the Civil War came, Milton forced poetry for political pamphleteering. When he returned to poetry, his second poetic career produced three works, Paradise Lost in 1667, Paradise Regained in 1671 and Samson Against Us in 1671. Paradise Lost is still the most important single poem in English, a classical epic devoted to a Christian subject. 
by making Satan the hero and using many of the traditional epic devices in the depiction of hell, Milton offers the reader a deeply ambivalent experience. The ambivalence is the source of the poet's strength. He sets out to justify the ways of God to man and end up in the tragic sense that that lie at the ambiguity of religious faith. In short, it is a poem that explores the mind of man caught between God and Satan, that is good and evil. Then Paradise Regained, a brief epic, is more austere, its subject, that is Christ's 40 days in wilderness, eats little action and its choice of style eats little of Milton's verbal richness. Probably the most powerful part is the debate between classical learning and Christianity in Book 4 that makes explicit that runs through all his work, perhaps through all Renaissance culture. Then Samson Agonistus is Milton's last work. Its subject is Christian and from classical, once again revealing the conflict between paganism and puritanism in his soul. So Milton was in every sense the sunset glow of English Renaissance. The key to Milton's poetic greatness lies in an unusual combination of splendid and magnificent language with absolute wisdom and integrity of character. He wrote of his deepest convictions in a language that called for its own magniloquence. In literature in the age of Milton and talking about prose, John Bunyan, that is from 1628 and 1688. The most important prose writer of the age of Milton was John Bunyan, whose pilgrim progress is next to the Bible, the book most widely read in England. It is in two parts and it's a religious allegory. It is a symbolic vision of the pilgrimage through life. In the first book, the character Christian travels on the road to salvation from the city of destruction to the celestial city. The book is presented as a dream. Written in homely yet dignified biblical prose, the work has some of the qualities of the folk tale. In its humor and realistic portrayal of Mr. Worldly Wiseman, faithful, hopeful, pliant and obstinate, it anticipates the 18th century novel. The second part deals with the journey of Christian's wife and sons to join him. The psychological intensity is relaxed and Banyan's capacity for humor and realistic observation becomes more evident. So Banyan's autobiography, Grace Abounding, in 1666, is equally readable and it gives us insight into his remarkable life. Other prose writers of the age, among the less important prose writers were Burton, Brown and Walton. Burton's Anatomy of Melancholy in 1621 is a medical treatise. It begins with the study of melancholy, which is in all of us, and it expands into a treatment of the whole life of man. Marked by humor, pathos, and tolerant spirit of religion, the book is replete with quotation drawn from a wild, wide field of literature. So Brown's Religio Medici in 1642 is a confession of Christian faith and a collection of opinions on a vast number of subjects more or less connected with religion, expressed with a wealth of fancy and wide erudition. But the general attitude is one of scepticism. Then Isaac Walton is best remembered for his Complete Angler in 1653 and Lives of the Poets. The former is in the form of conversation on the art of angling, 
charming in style and educative on nature the latter is one of the first biographies in england readable appreciations of dun wotton hooker and herbert